You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Today is Monday, the 7th of December, which means Christmas is only 18 days away. So if you start now, you might finish untangling your lights in time for Christmas next year. Anyway, coming up on tonight's show, somehow Rudy Giuliani got coronavirus. Jabuki Young-White knows the best songs of the year, and Method Man is on the show as our guest. So let's do this, people. Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, this is the Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah. Ears edition. Let's kick things off in India, the country whose favorite pastime is baseball played all wrong. While most of us have spent 2020 in sweatpants and perpetually uncombed hair, a few others have decided that actually glamour is more important now than ever before. And if you're really looking to make a statement, well, this just might be the thing for you. Jewelers in India set a Guinness World Record for most diamonds in a single ring. Look at that thing. There are a total of 12,638 diamonds on this flower-shaped ring, dubbed the Marigold, or the Ring of Prosperity. The previous record was set with 7,800 diamonds. Ooh-wee! That ring has almost 13,000 diamonds? That's the kind of gift you get your wife if she caught you cheating with every person she's ever met in her life. All right, so that diamond's for your best friend, and that diamond is for your sister, and that big one, that diamond's for the time with your dad. You slept with my dad? Baby, you see the diamonds, don't you? Now, look, I'm sorry, but I don't think this should count for record number of diamonds on a ring, because that thing is not a ring, all right? That's a hand sombrero. You can't just say something is a ring because you can stick your finger in it. I can't put my hand in the muffle of a Lamborghini and be like, look at my fancy ring. The weird thing about this ring is that on the one hand, yeah, you probably want to wear it to the most glamorous party in the world. But on the other hand, you also probably want to wear it to a bar fight because one punch with that and your enemy is dead. It's basically brass knuckles, but for the red carpet. Oh, you want to step to me, Meryl? You want to step to me? I'll take you down, Meryl. You're not winning this year. I mean, seriously, what do you even do with that ring? It's too rich for any event. There's no event glamorous. Like, the only event glamorous enough to wear that ring would be, like, if there was a wedding between, I don't know, the Pope and Queen Elizabeth. And that's not gonna happen. Unless the Queen is out walking her corgi one day and then it breaks loose from the leash when the Pope is on the other side of the road fixing his Pope-mobile and the corgi runs up to the Pope and then when the Queen catches up to the dog, the Pope is sharing his sandwich with it. That would actually be a, an amazing romantic comedy, you know? This summer, Frankie's breaking one vow for another. But let's make like a fugitive and move on to Mexico. It's like Canada, but with hot sauce. Over the years, Mexico has become synonymous with drug cartels and the lengths that they'll go to stay in power. But now it looks like they've traded their triggers for TikToks. TikTok's algorithm has made many things go viral, from the latest dance craze, to fun editing software, to laugh out loud memes. But one disturbing trend surfacing is cartel content. Experts are warning many clips on the service are glamorizing drug culture, especially during a year where the murder rate in Mexico is supposed to reach an all-time high. Or 
a lot of these criminal organizations. In the past, they used to show clips of strength and violence, like murders or beheadings, and they've slowly changed their strategy to show more glamorous, flashy things and luxurious lifestyles. That's making things a little bit more appealing to the youth. Yeah, of course the luxury lifestyles and tigers are gonna be more appealing than showing murders. But at some point, you're gonna have to tell the recruits what their real job is. All right, dude, thanks so much for letting me sign up to the Sinaloa cartel, man. So like, when are we doing the party boat? Yeah, first things first, you gotta chop off that man's head. Uh, okay, and then the party boat afterwards? We'll see if there's time. But yo, man, this story should not be a surprise. This is what happens with every social media app. First, people use it to connect with people and have fun. Then, creepy men use it to send dick pics. Then it becomes a recruitment tool for extremists and criminals. And finally, they promise to fix the platform, but they just end up adding a stories function. And we're all like, yay! By the way, can you imagine the pressure of being the Sinaloa cartel's social media guy? Hey everyone, please like and subscribe. Seriously though, like and subscribe, they have my family, man. So I don't think anything is gonna change here. And you know what? I think cartels getting on social media is actually a good idea. Yeah, I know, I know, hear me out. Because it might get the cartels out of the drug game and into the sponsored content game. They're just gonna be having meetings like, yo, Patron, we ready to smuggle the rest of that cocaine across the border. Are you crazy? And lose our deal with Fenty? Never! Now, of course, there is really only one story that everyone is talking about all over the world. COVID-19. And yes, it's still real even though people are all sick of talking about it. It's like how white people feel about racism. Now, there are some places in the world where the coronavirus situation is improving. Yeah, great news. Australia celebrated today as Freedom Day, when restrictions in most parts of the country were lifted for the first time in months. And now most of their success has been attributed to stopping interstate travel, unlike the US where they shut down schools in New York, but then allow people to travel to Miami, lick strangers' faces in the club, and then come back. In Europe, France and Germany have announced that they're expanding their lockdowns as cases have continued to surge. In fact, it's gotten so bad that even Sweden is now on lockdown after admitting that its hands-off approach didn't work. Yeah, this whole time, they were telling the world, we trust our people to make the right decisions for themselves. And Corona was like, I also trust your people to make the right decisions for me. As for here in the United States, COVID-19 has finally struck its least surprising victim yet. The coronavirus has again hit President Trump's inner circle. This time, it's his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, who was admitted yesterday to Georgetown University Medical Center in Washington. Rudy Giuliani appeared on television Sunday morning, claiming President Trump's fight to overturn the election results was making progress. Just hours later, the president revealed that Giuliani tested positive for COVID-19. He spoke in Arizona, Georgia, and Michigan, often without covering his face. I don't want you to do this if you feel uncomfortable, but would you be comfortable taking your mask off so that people could hear you more clearly? Can, can you hear me now? Man, that woman did not want to take off her mask. Did you see her? She was like, mother I can see the corona on you. Get out of here with that shit. So yes, Rudy Giuliani has tested positive for the coronavirus, although he is suing to have that result overturned. But for now, it doesn't look good. And the truth is, that Rudy has only got himself to blame for this. 
I mean, this dude was going all over the country, refusing to wear a mask. What do you expect? If I go around licking car windshields, I can't be shocked if I get bird flu. Or if I go around drinking at bars until 3 a.m., I can't be surprised when I go home with your mama. And as much as you might have some schadenfreude about this thing, Rudy Giuliani testing positive for COVID-19 is a terrifying new development. Because you realize up until now, we didn't even think that dead guys could get corona. But look, we all wish Rudy Giuliani a speedy recovery. I want him to get back to the days when his hair was melting off of his head. Nobody wants to make jokes about Rudy having a deadly disease. What we want is to make jokes about how Rudy farted on camera at an election hearing, like full-on trumpet blast. This happened in Michigan on Wednesday, and I'm pretty sure that you will hear it, but you will definitely know it the moment when it happens by watching the face of the woman sitting next to him. I'm just hoping to get an answer to the other questions about Mr. Barr and others who have disproven a lot of it. I gave you the answer. point of order? The answer that I gave you is they didn't bother to interview a single witness, just like you. They don't want to know the truth. Well, you probably know the truth. I'm worried about they're not wanting to know the truth. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man, the look. The look that she gave him. You know that look she gave him? Like, I knew I should have worn a face mask around you, you smelly bitch. And it was so loud. It sounded like his butt was demanding a recount of his lunch. Although, to be fair, that fart is no worse than any of the other legal arguments Trump's campaign has made so far. In fact, it's entirely possible that that fart was part of Rudy's legal strategy. You know, everyone in the room is gonna be like, oh oh God, all right, fine, yeah, yeah, just, (laughs) Trump is president forever, just don't do that again, please. Trump is president forever. And before you say, no, Trevor, it's never good to fart during a dramatic hearing, let me remind you that it works in all the best courtroom dramas. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Cinematic genius. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk about how Georgia is on everybody's mind, and then we'll look at the year's best in music. Stick around. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. On January 20th, Joe Biden, the boomer with the Gen Z teeth, will be sworn in as the next president of the United States. But whether he'll be able to get anything done depends on where the Democrats have a majority in the Senate. And that depends on what happens in Georgia one month from now. So let's check in on the Peach State with a special edition of Votegasm 2020. Yes, it's still going. Let's talk about the United States Senate. It's the home of the two least intimidating street gangs. And right now, The future of the Senate is on the line in Georgia, where Republican incumbents Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue are both facing tough Democratic challenges in runoff elections. So, to give Loeffler and Perdue a boost, the GOP is pulling out its biggest gun, Donald Django Fett Trump. 
all eyes on Georgia, those two critical Senate runoffs heating up, the control of the Senate at stake. President Trump hosted an outdoor rally in Georgia in support of the two Republican senators locked in a special election battle. The rally in Valdosta, Georgia, was the first one since the November election. And it was very important as Republicans try to keep the Senate in their control. At the urging of Kelly and David, my administration took historic action to protect growers of Georgia blueberries, peppers, squash, and cucumbers. Who, who does cucumbers around here? Because I like cucumbers. Can you, I'm the only one. I like cucumbers. <laughs> Yo, guys, Trump doesn't care anymore. I mean, like, he even cares less, but he doesn't care. He'll just say whatever pops into his mind now. Who likes cucumbers? Who likes cucumbers? I'm the only one. They've got that green skin, but it's bumpy. It's so green, so bumpy, like it's got warts. I had a wart once, but it got removed. I wanted to put it in a little jar, but they wouldn't let me. It would have been my best friend. And look, of course Trump loves cucumbers. It's no surprise. I mean, yeah, he prefers them pickled and surrounded by a Big Mac, but still, that's a cucumber. So look, clearly Donald Trump is only gonna be of limited help, but the GOP senators haven't been able to help themselves much either. You see, both of them are in hot water over big stock trades that they made during the coronavirus pandemic. And at two debates yesterday, neither of them handled the issue well. First of all, Senator Perdue simply skipped his debate, leaving his opponent, John Ossoff, to debate an empty lectern, which actually put extra pressure on Ossoff because imagine if you lost to a lectern, like the voters are just like, oh, I don't know. I guess I like the strong silent type. And while Lofler did show up at her debate, after this exchange, oh, she might wish that she hadn't. Senator. Should members of Congress be barred from trading stocks? Look, what's at stake here in this election is the American dream. That's what's under attack. When they attack me for a lie, a left-wing media lie conspired with the Democrats by, this is an attack on every single Georgian who gets up every day to work hard to provide a better life for their family who wants to live the American dream. Wow, Robot and Coulter nailed that. Because if you're trying to dodge a question, you just pivot to the American dream. She's gotta be a role model for all the kids in Georgia. Billy, did you flush a cherry bomb down the toilet? Look, Mr. Johnson, what's at stake here is the American dream. That's what we gotta be talking about. You're right, Billy, you're right. And you gotta love how shady rich people always try to act like attacking them is attacking everybody. If you take away my helicopter parking spot, you're taking helicopter parking spots away from every American in this country. Now, let's be clear. Even though Georgia went narrowly for Joe Biden this year, it is still a very red state. And the Republican candidates do have an advantage. But ironically, Trump might be hurting their chances more than he helps. For Republicans looking at Georgia, there are questions now about whether the president's baseless claims of a stolen election could actually depress turnout for those really important runoffs. When the president was down here in Valdosta uh, in a crowd that attracted thousands of people, he told them conflicting messages. He said the, the election was rigged. Hey, but go out and vote January 5th 
for these two senators. So what message does that does that leave these, these loyal supporters of his with? It leaves many of them confused. This is exactly the kind of thing that Republicans are concerned about. They are worried that the president's message on election fraud could essentially backfire for Republicans. If he convinces voters that it's not worth their time to go out and cast their ballot on January 5th because the fix is in. That's right. Because they indulged Donald Trump's bullshit claims of fraud, Republicans might have suppressed their vote so much that they could lose their Senate majority. In fact, you might say that Trump has put Republicans in quite the pickle. I like cucumbers. My man. All right, when we come back, Jabuki Young White wraps up the year in music and Method Man joins us on the show. Stick around. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. So 2020 is almost over. And we can all agree that this has been a pretty perfect year. So much great stuff happened and nothing bad. And for the rest of the month, we'll be remembering all of 2020's best moments. Today, Jabuki Young-White takes a look back at the year in music. Music, it's like podcasts, but with beats. And in the year 2020, when the world was ravaged by a deadly virus, music was a place of comfort. But that doesn't mean music wasn't affected. Tours were canceled. Bass players were forced to wash their hands for the first time. Even music's biggest award shows were forced to have virtual performances. Band members had to play six feet apart. Lady Gaga was forced to perform as the character Dot from A Bug's Life. We stand Dot, gay icon. But coronavirus wasn't the only thing tearing America apart in 2020. America had a real racial reckoning, and music artists used their platform to call for change and post little black squares on Instagram. But one band in particular got ultra-woke. Recently, country band Lady Antebellum changing its name to Lady A. But now in a legal dispute with a black soul artist, Anita White. I have built this name for decades, before they were born. And I've been building it, and I'm an independent artist. We grind every day to do what we do. And black folks, indigenous people of color of this land, we grind even harder. Wow, okay, that is so messed up. First of all, black people didn't hear about you until you tried stealing that black lady's name. Second of all, if you're going to actually change your name, change your name. Don't just abbreviate the problematic part. Like for example, my name used to be Tim Plantation, but I changed the bad word and now it's Jabuki Plantation. But many musicians did properly honor the struggle against police brutality. Artists marched in the streets with Black Lives Matter or hosted benefit concerts to raise money. But if you ask me, the thing that was the greatest support for Black Lives this year was this. This record is in honor of George Floyd. And I really hope we can see more unity and more peace. So, shout out to his family. Of course you can't talk about 2020 without referencing the smash hit WAP by Cardi B featuring Megan Thee Stallion. Now I can't get the rights to play that song because I'm basic cable, but I was able to get into a studio and record a version of my own that gets the vibe across. There's a crow in this blouse, there's a crow in this blouse, you're messing with a wet ass pussy. 
Mm, I love that song. I, never, I mean, never have I ever been so excited to see how Kids Bop covers a song. Uh, so much has happened. Wait, okay, what else? What else? What else? What else? Beyonce. <laughs> Beyonce released a visual album. There was also a music star baby boom, which means that we're like 20 years out for some really good music. And Taylor Swift went folk. Taylor Swift's breaking records with her surprise new album, Folklore. The pop star selling over 1.3 million albums in just 24 hours. Yes, Taylor Swift went folk, which is not as crazy as people are making it out to be. She started out as a country singer. Folk singers are just country singers that wear vintage clothing. Now what would have been crazy is if Taylor ran as Kanye's VP. <laughs> Either way, Folklore was one of the biggest albums of 2020, and its lead single, Cardigan, was streamed over 7 million times on its day of release. Let's take a listen. Baby, I've got a wet-ass pussy. Get me a cardigan for this wet-ass pussy. Also couldn't afford the rise of that, but it is a classic. But musicians this year didn't just give us comfort in times of need. Some of them literally helped save lives. People on social media noticed that Dolly Parton was listed as one of the sponsors of Moderna's new coronavirus vaccine in a preliminary report. Parton announced in April, you may remember, that she was giving a million dollars to Vanderbilt University in Nashville for COVID research. Well, some of that money went to an early stage trial of the Moderna vaccine. Yes, Dolly Parton invented the coronavirus vaccine, which is a crazy plot twist. That would be like if Dr. Fauci dropped the album and it slapped. You know what? To be honest, though, I would trust a Dolly Parton vaccine over a Dr. Fauci vaccine because Dolly Parton has been a gay icon for decades. Fauci's kind of new on the scene. Until he's someone's inspo for their RuPaul's Drag Race outfit, he has a lot of work to do, okay? So even though 2020 was a dumpster fire of a year, I was so entertained by music. And I'm very excited to see what 2021 has in store. Will Britney finally be free? Will Rihanna release an album or just give us another line of things that we don't really need? Fenty Falafel. And will The Weeknd admit that he is actually just my boss Trevor? I'm excited to find out. Now, to play us out, the woman who helped cure coronavirus, Dolly Parton, playing her 1974 hit, Jolene. Jolene, Joe, I got a wet ass pussy, wet ass pussy, I got a wet ass pussy, Jolene. Thank you so much for that, Jabuki. All right, stick around, because when we come back, Method Man tells us about his brand new Marvel podcast, and he might give us a spoiler for Power Book. <gasps> you don't want to miss it. Welcome back to The Daily Social Distancing Show. Earlier today, I spoke with Grammy Award-winning rapper and actor Method Man. We talked about his transition from rap to acting, his new podcast about comic books, and so much more. Cliff Method Man Smith, welcome to The Daily Social Distancing Show. Ah, well, thank you for having me, Mr. Noah. Oh, man, this, this is truly an honor for me. I spent many, many years of, my, uh, of my, my high school life learning every single lyric of yours. And, uh, <laughs> and, then, and then you went and abandoned me and became a major acting star. I feel like I'm personally aggrieved. <laughs> ah, well, thank you, sir. Thank you. I think the transition has worked for me, and um, I'm having fun. 
that's the best thing I can I can have right now as far as yeah, man, you, you, you're not just having fun. You're having fun and you're successful. We've seen you in everything from the deuce all the way through to like the best hip hop videos and, 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 and movies. But fans are loving what you're doing right now in Power, Power Book 2. Talk me through a little bit of why you think this show is sometimes even more popular um, than the original. I think that people were, especially after the pandemic, people were looking for a nice escape. And uh, a lot of people were familiar with the uh, original series, this being the spinoff, and they were excited to see where it was going to go, especially after they killed off the main character in the series finale. Right. So um, right. that, along with the anticipation of having a Mary J. Blige in the cast, people were very yep. curious. And yep. um, I think Courtney took great advantage of that. And um, the writing has stepped up and the character development is key in this whole thing because if people didn't receive the new characters well, then we don't really have a show. And um, I'm I'm taking my hat off and applauding Michael right now, Michael Rainey for his performance. He is our leading man and we are behind him 110%, brother. Mary J. Blige. I mean, yes. the queen, just the absolute queen. You two worked together in music such a long time ago. Did you ever for a second think that the next time you would collaborate would be on screen? Um, no, no, honestly, I'm just going to be honest. I thought that maybe we collaborate on maybe more records over the years. Right, right. But um, on screen, I, I watched Mary's progression over the years. And um, I have to say that she embodies this Monet character like it was written for her. It probably was, if you really think about it. But um, yeah, she is such a boss on this show, just like in real life. And um, um, I think that People are very intrigued by the Tejada family and her being the matriarch of that family makes it even more intriguing. You know, one of the things I, I, I love about your acting is that in many ways, I feel like you've always had the ability to craft a story through your words and through your expressions and through your vibe. I mean, like, even in your music, like, you know, every, every song that I would listen to, it felt like you were embodying a different character. You know, you know it, whether it was in the Rock Wilder or, was, or whether it was like, you know, like, like creeping through a back window, silent as a mouth. You, you, you know what I mean? You always had that feeling where it was like, I'm, I'm embodying a different character. Do you feel like acting has just always been in your bones? Do you think you've always had the ability to shift seamlessly between different stories that you're telling? I think being in entertainment as a whole has prepared me for what I'm doing now, especially yeah. with videos that you were speaking of. And, um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with charm and personality, but the the biggest effort and the biggest thing that shows difference is your dedication to the art form of it. Unless you're taking classes, you know, you uh, show up to set on, on time, ready to work, you know, um, all that plays a part. And um, like I said, being on stage in front of 40 to 50,000 people and entertaining them for an hour, hour and a half, right? I, I can pull it off pretty well on a big screen and a small screen as well. I mean, um there was, a, there was a day when you were trending on social media and I was like, oh man, what has happened? Met the man is trending. <laughs> Whenever you see a celebrity's name trending, you're like, oh man, they died or they should wish that they died. It's always one of the two. Instead, instead it was Method Man at 50 laying thirst traps that most 22 year olds couldn't dream of achieving. Um, talk me through a little bit about this, this, this transformation because your, your body has gone to another level. Like, uh, I heard you used to play video games, yeah. and then I was like, that's, that's not a video gamer's body. <laughs> and now, now I hear that you, you've made a change in your life, and that's why you look the way you do. Well, I appreciate that. And yes, I, I did make a change in my life. I decided to 
start to take more care of my body as well as my mind. Um, I felt like if I was going to improve my mental, I might as well improve my physical as well. And um, yeah, it started with me, you know, just binging video games three, four in the morning. I right. sure you know what that feels like, my oh, brother. Yeah. yeah, what did you play? What did you play? It was a lot of Call of Duty. Um, so I like free a, for all or team deathmatch. What, what was your? What was your? You know what? It, we we were um, kill confirms. Okay. Uh, deathmatch and um, uh, what's the uh, where you get the points A, B, and C because that's oh yeah capture capture the flag capture. And, right and um, you know I, I just started feeling real loserish. You know, waking up two in the morning, can't go back to sleep, and you're on the couch playing video games, just eating snacks. So I had this gym uh, subscription. I had this gym membership. And I decided to take advantage of it. And the gym happened to open at 4 a.m. And I haven't looked back since. Damn. I've got, I've got a different technique. What I do is I, I play a ton. And then what I do is if I am, let's say if I'm playing Warzone now and then I, I get kicked to the gulag or I'm waiting for my team to buy me back, then what I'll do is I got to do like 10 burpees or I got to do like 20 push-ups. Or I gotta, so like every time I respawn, I got to do something. I'm not gonna go to the gym for hours, but I'll punish myself for not playing well. <laughs> and then like, just feel like I'm moving. I feel like I'm moving. Um, so one of the things that's, that's truly fascinated me about your career and affected me, I think, is that you, you upended the idea of what a rapper and sometimes even a black man is supposed to be interested in, you know? You're an avid ca- comic book collector. You were somebody who was never afraid to read and expand your mind at a time when, you know, like oftentimes in, 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 in hip hop, ignorance was celebrated as, as like the be all and end all. But you came from a class in a school where you were like, no, I'm gonna be informed. I'm gonna read, I'm gonna infuse my hip hop and my work with this. I'm gonna be a comic book collector. There's no, there's no nerd title to this. This is part of who I am. Yeah. Is there a reason you did that? Or, or where did you get the confidence to do that in a world and an industry that always wanted to put people in one box? Well, it's funny because I I am a result of my environment, a product of my environment. And, um, you know, the comic book thing played a major part in my wordplay because, you know, it it basically taught me how to read. And some of the words in there, you were forced to look up in the dictionary like you did with Wu-Tang words. And when you couldn't find them, you knew that we were making this shit up. Anyway, I mean, it just, it, it gave me a sense of a, a moral code as well as, you know, a vast vocabulary, especially for writing. And the beauty of, you know, me being black and growing up in these neighborhoods, I could be around some of the toughest guys and they still love Thor, the Hulk, Spider-Man, right. you know, and it was never an issue of me being a geek or a nerd. It was just that, oh, wow, you, yo, let me check that book out real fast, you know? So I never had that stigma. So it was never any issue for me to put comic books in the forefront of my rhymes or, or lifestyle, you know what I mean? It was just a, a, an easy thing for me, very easy. Um, I know you've got a new podcast out where you're talking to all, all kinds of celebrities and, 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 you know, comic book geeks and nerds alike where we're celebrating the art form. Talk me through that and, 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 and what you love about it so much. Yeah, the Marvel method. Um, this was like years in the making in my mind because I kept pining for, you know, just just letting people know my love for comic books and how Marvel shaped who I am today and how it how, you know, it really had an effect on my lifestyle as a child. So for these guys to come and offer me a podcast talking about books with people that are in the yeah. industry like me. Yeah. That's like the gift that keeps on giving. And I learned so much of correlation between comic books and life with a lot of these stars, like who they are today. You can see it 
And like I said, there's a moral code in these books, right, whether right. I admit it or not, that we all live by. We don't kill. We, 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 it's like that just, you know, we want to see justice. Right. We want right. a happy ending. And that's what everybody wants in life. So the Marvel method, when people tune in, they're going to get more than just us talking shop about the books. They're going to get like a real experience from artist to artist talking about their life prior to books and after. And we get to talk to some of the writers, which makes it even more better. I've always wanted to know which Marvel character would you want to play in a Marvel movie? Well, there aren't many black uh, characters. Shout out to Chadwick Boseman, beautiful man. Um, Wakanda forever, for real. Um, there aren't many black characters in, in the Marvel Universe. There are some, and I cherish them. Don't get me wrong. And um, I was pining for Bishop, X-Men, and um, Adam Brashear, uh, uh, um, the Blue Marvel. Uh, but now it's like, I think it's time for new characters. If we can just make new characters now. I'm liking you know, We don't have to gender swap. We don't have to race swap anything. Just bring new characters. All right, so I'll ask you this before I let you go. If you were to create any character, what are the powers that you would give that character and why? Ooh, wow. Um, geez, that's a tough one. Um, I, I, geez, I think um, he would probably be, I'd make him an empath, an empath. Like he would okay. have the power of em okay. empathy. Um, and he could reflect that uh, to the world, that empathic ability. And then he can, with that empathic ability, can cure racism if he wanted to, or can have peace on earth because he's projecting this. All he needs is a big stage, social media, and people to hear his voice. That would be dope. And he could be a villain, an anti-hero, so to speak, because there's a lot of people that don't want that message. Damn. Think about it. Okay. Okay, you know how he gets his powers? He gets his powers because as a little kid, he was in a hospital where they were working on his brain and the machine they connected him up to connected him to the other kids by mistake and it like electrocuted him and he got all of their thoughts and their feelings inside of him. And that's where he got the power. Co-creator right, right there. Trevor, you are a genius. <laughs> Thank you. Yo, Mr. Metzer, you made my day, man. You've made a part of my life and I appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Trevor. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, my dude. Peace. Don't forget, Power Book 2 Ghost as Sundays on Stars. Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, I just wanted to take a moment to ask you to please, if you can, support your local restaurants. They are struggling more than ever before right now to stay open during this pandemic, which means many people will lose their jobs if they don't get the help that they need. And they might not be open for you when the pandemic is over. So if you wanna help, then please do whatever you can. And if you wanna do more, then consider a donation to the James Beard Foundation's Open for Good campaign, which helps independent restaurants survive the pandemic and rebuild stronger and more equitably. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, wear a mask, and remember, if you can't smell your own farts, you might have coronavirus. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 